Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Process Pod. I'm your host, Camille, back with another episode, a long-awaited episode. This, you know, if I'm being honest, today I'm calling myself out, you know, along with some of y'all, I'm sure. Um, But the topic today is one that I have definitely had to uh, come to terms with myself, and it's one that I talk to so many people about. In my work, I... As a therapist, I'm, I'm kind of a generalist, but I work a lot with people who have anxiety and anxiety shows up uh, maybe the most in relationships. Okay, I don't know about the most, but it's definitely present in relationships. And one of the things that, one of the kind of common themes that I've seen with people who have anxiety and specifically anxiety in relationships is this concept of self-sacrifice and I don't think we think about it that way but when it's when it's all said and done that's essentially what it is um you know the whole thing about not really saying how you feel or prioritizing somebody else's feelings above your own you know that that thing that part so it's the self-sacrifice but we're not just talking about that today we're talking about how self-sacrifice actually leads to self-sabotage and how we end up manifesting our biggest relationship fears. So let's buckle in y'all because we're getting into it. Listen, like I said, calling myself out because been there, done that, absolutely. But I like to think that I have learned and grown since then. And hopefully my growth will inspire some of your own. So let's start with getting a workable definition of self-sacrifice. What are we talking about when we say self-sacrifice and self-sacrifice in relationships? We're talking about always, constantly, and exclusively putting others before yourself. Those caveats of always, constantly, and exclusively are really important here because sometimes we do need to put others first, depending on the situation, depending on the circumstance, right? But it's not always necessary or appropriate. That's when I think it gets into the self-sacrificing area, when that becomes the default. When the default is to always only make room for what somebody else wants, feels, or needs. So putting others' feelings before yours, putting others' comfortability before yours, putting other people's accomplishments before yours, inconveniencing yourself for other people, especially if it's unsolicited. And so many times it is unsolicited, meaning the other person is not asking you to put them first all the time. They're not asking you to ignore your own feelings. They're not asking you to suppress your own feelings. They're actually more than likely asking for the opposite, which is they want you to share those things. (laughs) They want to know what you're thinking and what you're feeling. But for whatever reason, and we'll get into the reasons, of course we will. For whatever reason, Mm, we feel like, nah, I'm just just gonna go ahead and and be quiet about my stuff because yours is more important. So that's the definition of self-sacrifice. Now let's talk about what is the definition of self-sabotage. Self-sabotage, in essence, is getting in your own way. It is manifesting your own obstacles, making life more difficult and or more painful for yourself. Again, unsolicited. I don't don't know when self-sabotage is ever really appropriate 
unless you're trying to find a way out of a situation that you're not happy in anyway, but uh, that sounds more like liberation if you ask me. <laughs> so self-sacrificing, putting others before you, inconveniencing yourself and self-sabotage is getting in your own way. So we're going to talk about how putting others before you and inconveniencing yourself for the sake of others. We're going to talk about how that actually leads to making life more difficult for yourself, which I don't believe is the goal. Most of the time when, when we have these self-sacrificing tendencies, um, it's, it's, it's rooted in fear, right? It's, it's not wanting, uh, to come across a certain way, right? I don't want to say that I'm unhappy about something because I don't want to sound like I'm complaining or I don't want them to think that I'm ungrateful or whatever it is. I don't want to be perceived a certain way. Uh, I don't, I, I can't ask to spend more time with someone because then they'll think that I'm needy. And this is where the anxiety part comes in because girl, you're making all that up. You're making that up, right? You're, you're projecting and assuming that something will or will not happen. And the crazy thing is we're putting all this effort into trying to control something that we simply can't control, which y'all know we've talked about before. That is, that's really at the root of anxiety, right? It's fear and trying to control things that don't belong to you. And you might think, well, Camille, but somebody's perception of me is my business because it's me. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. You you can only do so much. You cannot control how someone is going to perceive you, how they interpret what you present because that person is viewing things through a lens that is very specific to them, to their history, to their experience, to their culture, to their trauma. They're viewing you through a lens that you have nothing to do with. So with all that being said, can you really control how they're going to perceive you? No. All you can control is how you show up. That's it. You show up in the best way that you know how, and they're going to perceive you however they do. You can't control that. That, I think, is at the root of a lot of this, a lot of this self-sacrificing. Not all of it, but absolutely some of it, right? It's, it's trying to control it. I think what what else is at the root and maybe what's there more often is that we don't feel uh, deserving. We don't feel like we deserve to take up the amount of space that we fear we will take up by being heard or by being seen. We, we feel like we, we, don't, we don't deserve it. But somehow the other person or the other people deserve to take up that space because what they want and need is, is so much more important and significant than what we want and need. So included in this self-sacrifice is also a level of, of self-doubt. Man, you know, these last few episodes, I think, have really been connected to one another. I find myself repeating similar themes which I think is, is kind of cool. It's, it's crazy. We don't, we don't really understand or, or, or recognize how, how many things in our life are kind of existing together and how many things are, are interconnected. So, you know, we've talked about anxiety and self-compassion and all of that. And I guess it's, there are so many different ways that uh, your anxiety will, will show up and affect you and affect your relationships and, and, 
we we think it's something different. We call it something different, right? But at at the root of it is that that fear that comes along with the anxiety, the fear of being perceived a certain way, or it really is a, a fear of of pushing or scaring someone away, right? We feel like if I show them who I what I really need, who I really am, then they won't want to be here anymore. It'll scare them off. We're, we're, we're going to get into it. Once again, getting ahead of myself per usual. Okay, so the way that I, that I look at this is that it kind of happens in a three to four step process, right? And that's how we get from self-sacrifice to self-sabotage. So the first step is not expressing your needs in order to make room for others' needs. Have you ever said, uh, I don't want to be a burden. I don't tell anyone what I'm going through or what I'm feeling or what I'm dealing with because I don't want to be a burden to them, right? Wow. So, so chivalrous, I guess. <laughs> but this th- this whole thing, and you know, I, I really take issue with this whole thing of, of not wanting to be a burden. And I just... Raise your hand, raise your hand if anybody has ever told you you're being a burden to me right now. And especially keep keep your hand up if they said it to you as a result of you sharing how you were feeling. Anybody's hand up? Like in real life, has anybody ever said, ugh, here you go again, talking about your feelings, you're such a burden. Anybody ever said that to you? Those, like those words. Maybe they may have made you feel that way. I'm not going to take that away. But has anybody explicitly said, you're being a burden to me right now and I can't? I, I, I don't want to do it. If somebody has said that to you, where does your relationship with them stand now? Because if anybody has said that to you, then I don't know how healthy or secure that relationship was to begin with and it was doomed already. So that's... Mm, okay. I really don't like when people say that because what makes you a bur- what makes that a burden? What what why is your truth burdensome to someone else? There's a lot of conversations to be had about timing and is there a right time to bring something up and are you trauma dumping and how are we communicating these things? Okay, sure. But at its essence, your truth is not burdensome. Your truth should not be burdensome, will not be burdensome to the right people. That's the key. And that's the key that we're going to keep coming back to is who, who are the people? Who are the people that we're doing all this bending backwards for? The other, the other reason that I don't like when people talk about, oh, not wanting to be a burden to someone else. And this is the question that I always ask people. And, and the answer always comes back the same. When you help other people, when you hold space for other people, do you feel like they're burdening you? Do you feel like this is such a burden and this is such a huge inconvenience? Generally speaking, of course, because again, I know you can't really generalize many things. There, there's an exception for everything and some people are exhausting. Sure, sure. That, that's where we talk about boundaries, right? Different conversation, different episode. Go back and listen to it if you haven't already. But generally speaking, when your loved ones come to you and share a vulnerability or open up about something or talk to you about going through a hard time, 
Do you feel like they're being a burden to you? The answer has always been no. Every time I ask somebody that question, the answer is no, of course not. I don't feel like they're being a burden. In fact, I'm happy to help. Really? You're happy to help your loved ones, the same people who love you back, right? But you don't think that they would be happy to help you as well? I'm not sure. I'm 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 not sure where where that comes from. If they're not a burden to you, and then and they and they are choosing to be in your life, people are choosing to be in your life and play play this role in your life. People want close relationship with you. Let them do that. Let people show up for you in the ways that they're wanting to show up. Let people show up for you the way that you show up for them. So can we just can we just agree to get rid of this whole I don't want to be a burden thing? I know that that might take some more personal work to to really, you know, fully eradicate that. But let's let, let's agree to start working on that. Okay? I don't I don't want to hear none of y'all talk about I'm I'm keeping quiet because I don't want to be a burden. Okay? There's there's a much larger conversation to be had if you do not feel safe enough with this person to be open and to share your truth, then that means that this is not a safe person and maybe we should reevaluate the people in our lives. That does not mean that there's something wrong with you or that there's something wrong with your feelings or your experiences. That says much more about the other person than it says about you, truly. Okay, we're off on a bit of a tangent, but we're back. So. Not expressing your needs because you don't want to be a burden uh, or because you're afraid of, of pushing or scaring other people away. It's like we feel like our our stuff is so much more gruesome than anyone else's, right? Like it's, it's okay for, for me to, to feel these things and to, to hold these things because I, I can handle it, but other people can't. The, the fear is that once I open up and share this vulnerability that you won't want to be here anymore, that, that it'll be too much, that I'll be too much for you. Again, be too, be too much for the wrong person because you're not too much for the right one. See, this is where I'm calling myself out. Okay, Camille, I hear you. Okay, okay, fine, 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 fine. This also goes along with the kind of a fear of rejection, fear of abandonment. It's all under the same umbrella. It's fear of losing someone. The fear is that if I ask for what I need, then the other person will not want to meet that need. And then they won't want me in their life anymore. They won't want to meet the need. They'll be upset at me for for asking for what I need or for expressing a need. They won't want to be here anymore. They'll think I'm needy. They'll think I'm weak. They'll think whatever. And they're going to run for the hills. They're going to run for the hills. So I would rather just keep it all to myself, internalize everything, suppress everything, deal with it all on my own because I don't want them to leave because I I want someone to be here. Which really, if you want someone to be here, but you're not going to lean on them, then what are they actually there for? What is this person there for if not to provide support and safety and security for you? And this is in a romantic relationship or not. Because this applies to friendships. This applies to, you know, let me me tell you something. When I first started going to therapy, one of the first things that I learned was that I have a real issue 
being vulnerable with people in my life. And that was a shock to me, right? Because I was like, I work in mental health. I love talking about feelings. What do you mean? Everyone talks to me about their feelings. I love it. I, I love vulnerability. But I think I love and am very comfortable with other people's vulnerabilities, but not my own. And this was in all relationships, friendships and, and everything. And so I, I, I focus grouped it or whatever it is. I asked a few people like, do you think it's like, is it hard for me to be vulnerable? Like, am I not? And everybody was like, uh, yeah, girl, <laughs> you don't talk about nothing. You do not talk about your own stuff or about you at all. And I was like, huh, what, for real? So once that was shown to me and I started being more aware, I realized how hard it really is. Because for me, my thing about it was, well, if you really wanted to know, then you would ask. And so I'm not going to volunteer information that you didn't ask for. And if you didn't ask, then that means that you must not want to know. So I feel like I'm doing you a favor by staying silent or by, by staying quiet. And then I turn around and, and, and cry about feeling misunderstood and nobody really understands me. Nobody really knows me. Well, girl, (laughs) because are you actually being open with people open enough for them to get to know you and to get to understand you? And the, the answer was no, the answer was no. So a lot of, it's so it's it's funny because the fear of, of of being alone is what keeps us alone and that's really what what I'm getting to. Like I'm 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 taking the the scenic route to get there. But that's a little sneak peek of, of what we're actually getting to is how the fear of being alone actually keeps you alone through this whole self-sacrificing thing. So by not expressing your own needs um, in order to make room for others, which let me also say, there's nothing wrong with, with holding space for other people's needs. That's what you should be doing in relationships. It's the exclusively holding space for other people's needs and not having any space for yours. That's when we get into this self-sacrificial and sabotage territory, okay? That leads to inauthentic relationships. That that leads to um, inauthentic presentation of who you are you're not really showing up as, as your truest, most authentic self because you are only presenting a, a, a portion of who you are. You're, you're only giving people the cliff notes of who you actually are. When there's no vulnerability, then there's, there's not much connection. There's not much closeness. Think about the people that you are the closest to. What makes y'all so close? Is it because you have similar interests? Well, that may be how you started getting close, but think about like the closest person to you. What makes y'all so close? It's because they know who you are. They know many things about you. They know what you've been through. They've seen you go through things. They've gone through things with you. It's because they've seen more than just what's, what's on the cover or what's on the surface. They've seen more than that. Those are the most meaningful relationships. And that's what we're all longing for. We're longing for those close relationships. And I don't know why we feel like in order to have that type of relationship, like where did we get this idea that the way to get there is to mm, quiet yourself and only show up partially. I don't know. I don't know where, where that came from. Well, you know, if I think about it, it's it's probably because a lot of us have been hurt 
by friendships or relationships. We've been hurt by people in the past. And for some reason, when, when something, when a relationship doesn't work out or when somebody does us dirty, the instinct is to look inward, which I mean, you should, you should reflect, (laughs) but we always only blame ourselves. It, 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 we, we blame ourselves and we say, this is why I'm not opening up anymore. We convince ourselves that the reason this didn't work out was because I opened up. That's what it was. We convince ourselves that our, our deepest fear actually came true. I've never seen a friendship or a relationship end because one person opened up and was vulnerable. I've, I've, I've never seen it happen where someone's like, uh, no, no, I'm out. I'm out. That's not to say that it never has happened, but that is to say, that is to say that if it has happened, that speaks more of the other person's emotional immaturity than anything else. It doesn't mean that you made a mistake by being honest and transparent. That That's never a mistake. But the past hurt and broken trust and broken attachment is understandably what makes it so much scarier to get into new relationships and new friendships because we're we're afraid of of repeating the past. And maybe there are there are some patterns and you know, maybe we've been hurt in in the same way more than once and that's really 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 hard that's really hard and sometimes the easy thing is to just shut down and say you know what I'm not going to open up to anybody else anymore and that's an option and you have that right understand that by making that decision you are closing yourself off to the possibility of any close relationships you are limiting how meaningful any of your relationships moving forward can be. If you're okay with that, then by all means, by all means, go for it. I don't think most of us are actually okay with that because the reason we keep trying is because we want closeness. We want intimacy. We want relationship and you should have it and you deserve it. And it's not always easy. (laughs) It doesn't always work out. People are not always compatible together. People do not always treat you right. Those are just some harsh truths about the world, period. Regardless of how you show up, those things will always be true. And because we cannot predict the future, we can only mitigate so much of that. What we can control is how we show up. And I am always going to believe that it's better to show up as your most authentic self and risk being hurt or rejected than it is to show up as a watered down version of yourself and still risk being hurt and rejected. I feel like the risk is the same. Yeah, the whole, well, what if they hold it over my head? What if they hold it against me? Are we talking about blackmail here? Like what, what are we actually talking about? Well, now there's somebody out there that that knows this thing about me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. What is the fear? 
Are you, is somebody going to write an expose or a memoir about you? Like what, what are, what are we talking about here? Like, are you revealing skeletons in your closet? Like, okay, that's a whole other thing. But in general, like they're going to use it against me or they're going to whatever, whatever. Again, that says much more about the other person. Everything is just information. If somebody uses a vulnerability against you, what does that tell you about that person? What can we learn from that? What does that tell you about that person? It doesn't tell you anything about you. The, the default should not be, ah, that's what I get for opening up. Is, it, is that really what you get? No, I, I do not think so. It says so much more about the other person. And you know what? Thank you for that information. Thank you for showing me who you truly are so that I can use that to make a wise decision for myself moving forward. Period. That's it. That's it. Just when we don't show up as our authentic selves, when we when we aren't honest about what we need and want in these relationships, it's really hard for people to get to know us and you end up feeling alone anyway in a relationship and feeling alone in relationship with other people is worse than feeling alone because there's no one around. You ever been in a room full of people and still felt lonely or been in a friendship or in a relationship and still felt lonely, still felt alone? Oh my God, that that cuts so much deeper. If I feel lonely because there's nobody around, then okay, like that's 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 a natural part of it. Like sometimes it gets lonely when there's nobody around. That just happens, you know? If I cook spaghetti, then the house is gonna smell like spaghetti. Like, you know, one plus one equals two. If I'm alone all the time, then sometimes it feels lonely. One plus one equals two. Nothing wrong with that. That makes sense to me. I can understand that. But when you feel alone, when you are supposed to be in connection with someone else, nah, that don't fit. Uh Uh-uh, something ain't adding up here. Something is not adding up here and you are causing more pain for yourself. Hence, the self-sabotage. Another negative effect is internalizing negative self-worth. So if you are finding yourself feeling lonely or feeling alone in a relationship, then what's going on in your head? Like, what's that internal dialogue talking about, you know? What, what, What kind of... What kind of messaging are you internalizing about yourself? Because you're likely blaming yourself for the way that you feel, which means that you are probably assigning some pretty negative qualities to yourself. And so this is just more feelings of, of negative self-worth. It's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not worth whatever. And no, nobody, I feel so misunderstood because nobody wants to get to know me and because I'm, I'm too fill in the blank. We're going to find a way to make something our fault, okay? We're going to find a way to make something our fault. And then we internalize those negative characteristics because we have to find a way to, a way to make it our fault. It's my fault because I'm, I'm, I was doing too much or not doing enough. So now, now, now we've got maybe even some new insecurities popping up. And we're shutting down even more, suppressing even more. And we're so isolated We are isolated and alone, which is the self-sabotage. It's manifesting your own fear of being abandoned and being alone. You did all this. You you stayed quiet. You didn't want to say how you felt. You didn't want to share what you needed because you were afraid of ending up alone. And you still ended up alone. 
but in a worse way. That's that's the real that's the real self sabotage, and it's just I don't know. You know, I, I I had some of these realizations myself, and and just you know through through working with with clients about this and talking to to friends and family. I mean, it's just so many of us deal with this same exact thing. Again, I don't know who started it, but I've got some words. I've got some words. We convince ourselves that we don't deserve closeness and intimacy in relationships, but we absolutely do. We convince ourselves that we're not good enough for it, but you absolutely are. Why do we think that our authentic self will scare people away? When you show up in inauthentic ways and when people can't get close to you, the relationship is, it's one-sided. It's all about the other person. It's all about the other person, never about you. That's going to get old, first of all. <laughs> After a while, that's that's going to get real old. And so how much longevity is in that? I don't know. I don't think very much. Not very much at all. And the, the relationship is is less meaningful. All because maybe we're not comfortable with our authentic self. Maybe we feel shame about parts of ourself. And so we don't even want to look at it let alone show somebody else, you know? But your authentic self will not scare away the right people. Your authentic self will draw the right people even closer to you. We talked about the risk in vulnerability, but we didn't really talk about the reward. I mean, we kind of did, right? When you think about your closest relationships. Think about the relationships that mean the most to you. Why do they mean so much? What are some of the elements of that relationship that make it so meaningful? I guarantee you part of it is because you've been able to share vulnerabilities and hold space for one another's vulnerabilities and meeting and expressing needs, you know. In attachment theory, here I go, <laughs> getting a little clinical here. Attachment is all about meeting needs, expressing and meeting needs. And it's all about being feeling safe enough. It's about safety and vulnerability. Feeling safe enough to express those needs. Safe enough meaning I trust that if and when I express this need, it's going to be met. You're going to be responsive to my needs. You're going to respond to what I need because it's important to you that I have what I need. And I'm going to respond to your need because it's important to you. It's important to me that you have what you need. That's how you build secure attachment. It is only through vulnerability that we're able to build meaningful, long-lasting relationships and connection only through vulnerability you cannot escape it I know it's scary I know it is I know it's risky but it's high risk higher reward so to me I'll, I'll take those odds I mean in full transparency I'm still you know working through some of that and what does that actually look like for me in my relationships it ain't the easiest thing all this conditioning and all this, I don't know, however we got here, it really did a number on us. It really did a number on me. It's, it's not the easiest thing, but it's so worth it. It is so worth it. And a part of that work is becoming comfortable enough, familiar enough with your own vulnerabilities and, and your own authentic self. You know, they always talk about you got to start with you and you're, you know, relationship with yourself is the most important one and all that cliche stuff but 
it's true. The cliches are true. If you're not comfortable with yourself, then you are absolutely 100% convinced that no one else will be comfortable with you either. Because how could they? Because you're so whatever, fill in the blank. Now, if you're not done some work and you're really feeling yourself like I have been lately, then it's like, oh, <laughs> somebody would be blessed, blessed because I'm so fill in the blank. And if somebody don't want to be around it, then that is absolutely their loss. And I thank them because I don't want anybody here who doesn't want to be here. That's it. We're, we are over trying to convince people to stay, begging people to stay, forcing people to stay, manipulating people into staying. And if you think about it, trying to control someone else's perception is a form of manipulation, I think. I don't think it's very honest. And we offer that, okay? <laughs> we are off of that because we don't want or need anybody here who does not absolutely want to be here. The people in your life have chosen to be there. Nobody is holding a gun to their head. So why do we feel like our relationships are so fragile that if we share something about ourselves, the whole thing is going to crumble? Hmm? Like, think about that. And if your relationship is in fact that fragile, then it was going to crumble anyway. So you might as well be honest. <laughs> you might as well be honest because it was going to crumble anyway. I think the, the takeaway, what I want y'all to take away from this is that you deserve closeness. You can have closeness. Your truth is not too much for the right people. And in our quest to find the right people, we are going to meet a lot of the wrong people along the way. Doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means that you haven't found your people yet. But have faith that they're still out there because they are. They absolutely are. And maybe you might've met some of them already, but there was something blocking them from being close to you. Are you getting in your own way? Are you standing in your own way? Do some reflection. You know, that's the reflection question today. I haven't done one of those in a while. Are you standing in your own way? Are you manifesting your own fear and your own obstacles? Are you self-sabotaging yourself and your relationships? If you are, it's better to find out now because that means you can do something about it. And that means that you can learn a new way of being. That means that you can open yourself up to closeness and intimacy in relationship because you deserve it. And I hope that everybody gets it. <laughs> I deserve it too. Again, talking to myself, okay? Talking to myself. We, we deserve closeness in relationship. So reflect on that. Share some of your thoughts. Um, if you're not already, make sure to follow, rate, subscribe, you know, all the stuff, all the stuff and whatnot. Um, and yeah, thank y'all for being here with me again and listening to my ramblings. I got a little bit passionate here because again, I was calling myself out, but hopefully it related to some of you. Um, all right. Take care of yourself. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Process Pod. If you want to keep the conversation going, submit questions or episode ideas, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore process pod. Take care of yourself and I'll talk to you soon.